Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for its truth. Yeah. Uh, Lord, thank you that your Holy Spirit has uh, led us into this series, and we ask that uh, you would work in us whatever mm. is in your heart to do, and that uh, we would find ourselves right in the center of your will, personally and as a congregation. Mm. We ask that you would continue to grow us and multiply us. Amen. 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 Yes, you're wondering, kind of, you might be wondering, what are you doing, Norm? Well, this morning I thought I'd uh, dress for the occasion. Uh, we're in a series that we're obviously doing today, but I, I, I felt in order to sort of make sure that it's not just about uh, God's word is just his word. No, it's about his living word. So God was saying, oh, Norm, I want you to dress up for the occasion. So, welcome, welcome. I hope this morning you feel God's presence. I, I don't know. I, did you guys really just enjoy the worship? Like, I just really appreciate it. Mandy, I love your sensitivity today. I just felt like today we were, we were just supposed to have fun. And I appreciate you doing that. Well, a Sunday school teacher began her lesson with a question. She asked, boys and girls, what do you know about God? A hand shot up in the air. And this is what a young man replied. He is an artist, said the kindergarten boy. Really? He's an artist. Well, how do you know that, she asked. Quite perplexed. Why, Why would God be an artist, she said. Well, the boy had obviously had thought this quite, quite a bit. And he said, well, you know, our father who does art in heaven, hallowed be his name. Good morning, everyone. How many of you believe God is creative? And if you don't believe, look to the neighbor beside you and say, wow, look what he did with you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> this morning, uh, this is actually our second uh, in our series that we're doing right now, A Life Worth Giving. And Ron shared last week that God owns all the French fries. In that was a theology of God who owns everything, but then calls us to partner with him in stewardship. Ownership is an incredible privilege, but it comes with uh, responsibility and stress. How many of you have had stress because of stuff? Stuff. Possessions can give us a lot of joy, but also grief. And, but God is the one who owns it all, is what Ron was sharing with us. And he calls us to all the gifts that he has given. And you can see some of those gifts. If you're wondering, Burl asked, she goes, what are all those things in the back? They magically appeared or just poofed on the wall. Actually, they're courtesy of Aaron here. Um, because all of these are icons or symbols of things in our lives, things that would be uh, just a part of who you are. And as the tick, you know, tickety, 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 which one is what? What is what, right? Amen. Well, you can see there's obviously time and money and also just gifts and work and contacts and people. And Did you know that Christmas happens all the time with God? Merry Christmas, everyone. God loves to give us gifts. God is a giver. He constantly, constantly, constantly is giving. Constantly, constantly. Every day. He's, even when Jesus was talking, he said, you know, he only works, the, the, the Jews said, he, only, he doesn't work on Sunday. And he, Jesus said, no, my father is always at work. It's like he's constantly, always making things happen. Always giving good gifts. The title of this morning is, Silver service. The silver service. And I'm going to be speaking from 1 Peter 4, uh, 8 to 11. So just three verses. If you want to open up your your device, or you can follow along. I'll have the scripture up there. You can follow along with me. But I really encourage you just to take your Bible and read. If you want to read before and after, it's great. But let's read together. And Peter says to the church, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Since love covers a multitude of sins, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks the oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through 
Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now again, as we're, we're jumping into, it's not really good to jump in the middle of a book, in the middle of a, of, a, of a scripture text, because you could take it right out of context. So I want to give you a little bit of context as Peter was writing to the church. What was Peter addressing to this particular church? Because you kind of jump in chapter 4, but what happened in 1, 2, and 3? I'll just give you a little bit of context. Peter is addressing the Christians uh, dispersed in Pontius and Galatia. If you look up here in the map, this is up where these are there. Galatia is there. Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And this is all in the area north of the Taurus Mountains in Asia Minor. It's, near Tur- it's basically modern-day Turkey. So these are the churches that Paul or Peter was addressing to. And as he was addressing it to it, this was just during the time of Nero's reign. And if you don't know history, Nero was probably the most, e- well, one of the pretty much evil guys of all the Caesars. In fact, at the time, what he did is he, he started a fire in Rome and blamed it on the Christians. And so there's incredible persecution that was happening. And the church was going under immense suffering. And the main theme of this, under this tremendous persecution, under all these stresses and all of this stuff that was going on, the main theme of this letter is the hope that the church has, their faith as precious as gold. In the midst of all of the stress that we could be going through, suddenly this faith you have is like gold. And after this encouragement, he explains to them what they've received. He kind of gives that in chapter 1, 2, and 3. He goes that you're born in a living hope and that salvation is expressed through faith because you could see it as other people, these stewards, prophets had prophesied. Men of faith of old. And Peter gives them several chapters of, look what you've received. And then this, he gets to the end. And when he gets to 4, he goes, and because you've received this, This is how you live. It's important because if you jumped in chapter 4 and all you heard was, this is how you live, you've missed the important stuff. What's look what you've received. A faith. A hope. In the midst of stuff, it's like God has given and still giving. He is amazing at serving and blessing us. And so, in this context, and it's summed up in chapter 4, verse 2, just before we get into 8 and 11, he says this, So, as to live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. It's like, because of what God has done, I don't even want to live for myself anymore. I'm living for him. I want to live for his will. That's what we just, we would have missed. So it's important to catch that. Because when we talk about this now, when he gets into these wonderful things that the church is doing, well, let me, I'm going to ask you a question. Have you ever been inspired or seen somebody do something that inspires you to respond? It just grabs your heart. Like, yeah. Do you ever have that? Doing, seeing somebody do something really, and you just thought, wow, I love what they did. Well, I, was, I, I saw this little video, and I thought, wow, I'm going to show this to you now. I'm going to put this up for us, Nate. And... It's kind of cool. Every day I end each show with a reminder to be kind to one another. And this next story is a perfect example of how one small (laughs) small act of kindness can go a very long way. Come on down, Kelly McGuire. Really, your story is great. So you live in Chicago. Wow. And you were coming home from a Bears game. Yes. Okay, so tell everyone what happened. Okay, so I... Was coming home from the bear. Uh, what's that? Just pause it for two seconds, and then I don't know. We'll see what happens. But Bears game, and we were trying to hurry to our train because I'm really last second. I always do that. Oh, it's bad. Is there any anything um, else? But playing we're in hurrying, background? hurrying, and I see a homeless woman, and I passed her. I crossed the street, and I stopped, and. I grabbed my 
Shut it down. Husband, and I said, listen, I'm about to do something crazy. I can't explain it, but I need to give this woman my boots. He's like, okay, pause. We'll just pause it. I'm going to tell you the story. Okay, crazy. So what happens is Kelly was walking along with her husband in Chicago, and she goes along, and all of a sudden she sees this homeless person named Amy sitting there. And like everyone, she, she does what she does normally. She walked right by because she thought, well, I'm kind of busy and going. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she gets this prompt, like, I can't do that. So what Kelly does, she turns to the, goes back to Amy, and she stops and she starts talking, having a conversation with Amy, and just, you know, just trying to be friendly. And, she, and again, as we go with this interview, you find out the lady obviously has something that's, why would you do this? Uh, well, what she does, she suddenly realizes that Amy has uh, no shoes. Her shoes are just worn out. And so uh, his husband's there going, well, my word, what is my wife doing? This is crazy. Why is she doing Well, what happens is suddenly she says to Amy, can I, can I give you my shoes? I would love to give you my shoes. And so Kelly then, says, it's miraculous because at this point, we didn't, you know, normally do we have the same shoe size? Yep, they were an exact match. And she felt like it was like, she knew it was a, she said it was like those perfect timing, those perfect moments. So she does, they, they swap shoes. And what happens at this point is, obviously, uh, Amy is really just taken back by, why would you do this? But what was incre- incredible was it started something. Amy then turned to Kelly and said, can I give you my shoes? It was like suddenly, the, the role was, I've, been, I've received I can't just receive. I have to be able to bless too. Can I give you my shoes? And so Kelly gets her shoes and, and she goes, and then we're, there's talking and, and Ellen's like, man, you are crazy. Why would you do this? And she goes, but I look, I heard from this. You help out with your church. You help out with uh, giving uh, food to the nurses. You give food to the, uh, uh, to the firemen. You bring them little platters on Valentine's, on Christmas. Oh, and I see you do this. You, you volunteer. Like, she's like, she just lists off all these things that Kelly does. Like, what are you doing? Why would you do this? And she's like, well, you know, and, and then she goes, well, I, Helen says, well, I have a thought because I really was inspired that you would give your shoes. So Amy, or sorry, Kelly, I'm going to give you my shoes. And so she goes, here, I have a designer. So here's my designer shoes. Gives her nice shoes. And she goes, okay, it's beautiful. Yeah, well, no. But it goes, oh, I forgot to tell you, I always hold my money inside the shoes and pulls out $10,000 in a shoe. Like, by the way, I'm going to give you my shoes and then it's 10000 but I would like you to do this. Can you take 10 friends and kind of pay it forward? Give 1000 to each and say, just go bless somebody. It was like, suddenly she's inspired somebody else to go and give something and then this is giving to, it's like, whoa, what's going on in here? And then, oh, and he goes, oh, by the way, I forgot, I have another shoe and this is $10,000 just for you. Well, Kelly is just like, can I hug you? (laughs) She like, and I sat there just inspired. Now, again, I I look at it and said, Ellen, I, I is absolutely moved by this lady who's just doing something that I think living out her faith. Living out her faith. And I, and I sat there and I said, so is this what Paul or Peter's trying to talk about when he says, what you've received, it's like I no longer want to live by the flesh. I'm living but what you want to do. Do you get it? Because if you think of what Jesus has done, has Jesus given you more than his shoes? Oh, yeah. In fact, it just, it started to me going, okay, I want to get my stuff. I'm, I'm going to walk out and get, no, just joking, I... Because it's not, it's not as an idea of trying to, oh, I'm supposed to feel guilty. But actually empowered. Empowered. And I love this. So that we look, what I want to do is look at these truths in, for, in First Peter. And I want to look at this passage because it tells us something about God. That's what it does. It shares us God. And then what it does, it tells us how we're to respond to it. There's two parts to this. And I just want to go through it, okay? So turn to your neighbor and just say, okay, you ready? Talks about God and how we respond, okay? Think you can do it? Got it. Let's go. The first thing that this passage talks about is this. It says, it points us to God's gifts. In verse 10, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as God's stewards of God's various grace. God's gifts. 
Well, what do you mean by God's gifts? What are you talking about? Well, it's this. The word actually is charisma. Charisma. See, the Greek word for gift here is charisma. As each has received charisma. See, his divine gratuity or spiritual endowment or investment, a miraculous facility or uh, ability, this is what you've received. Charisma. You don't think you got it? No, no, look, look. The Lord has given you charisma. Uh, we think, well, only certain people have charisma. It's the guy with the nice suit, right? He's got charisma. Come on. He's making it look fine. No, no, the Lord is now saying, you all have received charisma, a gift. The Apostle Peter is talking about talents and abilities, and he's saying that each of us has been given that. These gifts have been placed in us by God himself as part of his special design and purpose he has each for one of us. So we are all gifted children. We all have charisma. I I love this because I used to think, you'd say, well, that guy has charisma. Because he seems to be very, oh, he just can attract a crowd. He's so charismatic. And here, and oh, he's got charisma. Oh, this boy, uh, he's not so, you know, popular. That's actually not biblical. Because God says, I have given charisma to everyone. Everyone. Because charisma is a gift. And they are gifts. They're, they're, they're actually free gifts. We don't earn them. We don't work for them. We don't even deserve them, to be honest. And sometimes we take gifts for granted. I love it. Some of the songs that we sing, like, he's the air in our breath, the air we breathe. The thought of it is like this. Every breath you have is a gift from God. And if you've ever had somebody who has passed away, you know it. But most of us don't sit there and go, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We don't do that, do we? None of us do. We don't actually even think unless I tell you to think about it, that then you might be thinking about it, then you actually go in, and then you're, you're almost thinking about what you're breathing more than me speaking, right? Amen. But this morning, it's like everything. God has given us gifts. There's gifts all around us. Air we breathe, sun, beauty and just creation, everything. Gifts. And I love it because this is the nature of God. He is a giving God. And unlike the Greek gods or the Roman gods, this is totally counter. In fact, that was when the most amazing thing, when he was talking to these, uh, these people up in different areas, most of them had grown up with gods that were very selfish. These gods that were petty and they would use mankind. They would abuse mankind and they were, they were just part of the puppetry of whatever they wanted. And suddenly, Peter's saying, that's not God. He's, neither ab- he's not like he's absent. And nor is he trying to use us for our own gain, for his gain. It's fact, it's the exact opposite. It's all of his cost for your gain. This is the nature of God. He is Charisma. John 3, 16, verse 17. I love, I always partner these two together. I never want to separate verse 17 from 16 because it just impacts me. I mean, I understand God's word, but it's when you read these two verses together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, if you just simply believe, that's it? That's all? If you just simply believe, you shall not perish, but have eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save us, to save the world through him. Jesus came as the perfect and greatest gift that actually encapsulates or or makes us show what every other gift looks like. It's like the standard this morning. You want to know God's gift? Look to Jesus. 
That's why I was really impressed that, this, that as Audra was giving this little prophetic word, and she's going, all I wanted was to see him. And I'm just giggling because I'm going, that's actually all we need to see. You wanted the best gift? It's somehow being able to see him through all of this. Because something changes when you see the ultimate gift. Everything just radically becomes different. And so, Lord, I was, we were in the prayer time, and I said, Lord, take the words so we're no longer hearing, but we're seeing. Because what I'm finding is you hear, but when you hear without sight, you still feel like you're missing something. And God actually wants to take it from hearing to seeing. And what you see. I think there's a younger generation that wants to see more than hear, to be honest. They've probably heard it a million times. And my son's going, yes, Dad, I've heard it. <laughs> Just teasing. He's, he's bugging me because of my collar. Anyway, let's go. And I love this because in American Idol, I think about it, it, it this was the uh, uh, TV that just, this show that went on and on, and it was, it was amazing that it was, since TV ratings came into being, it compiled in the U.S. the series that toppled the ratings for most seasons at the highest top ch- of the charts for eight consecutive seasons. Between 2003 and 2008, American Idol hit the top. It was like everybody was tuned in to see who is got the best talent, the ultimate gift. What was interesting in this is as people were fascinating with finding out who had the ultimate talent, unfortunately for most of them that we didn't know this, but it was actually that most of them that they don't make it. And the ones that did make it, they actually had really, really rough lives when they made it. Because getting their gift had incredible consequences or challenges or per, and, and, and issues. Do you know what I love about it? When God gives you a gift, he doesn't give it to you where it has some sort of pain, agony attachment to it. Because he took the pain and he took the agony. You go, oh, no, that's not true. There's suffering. Yes, I didn't say that God, Jesus didn't even say there wouldn't be suffering. I didn't say that. But I would say there can be joy in suffering. Did you know it? There can actually be peace. There can be patience. There can be kindness. There can be love in the midst of a storm. That's what you get with God. See, I love it because there, the other part is God doesn't just select a few talented people. He goes, I got charisma for all of you, for every one of us. So what's our responsibility? What's our response to this? Well, our response is, as Peter says, stewardship. Use it to serve one another as good stewards. The word for steward here is to do with someone who is a house manager or a steward or a butler. How many of you like Batman? He's got to have an Alfred, right? Batman could not be who he is without one butler. I mean, the guy's a million, he's a billion billionaire. Why one butler? I mean, come on. Never mind, you go, okay. I think he could have bought a couple more butlers, but that's another story. Helped him. But what what this steward is, is a person who oversees the estate and all the different parts of the house. He has access to everything. And think about that. You respond, be like a steward. You have everything. And all your response is to make sure that it's functioning and working properly when the master of the house needs it. So my question is, how can we be a good steward then? Because if it says, be a good steward, that's your response. Well, how do you do it? Well, the first thing you need to do is, I would say is this, see it. You have to see a gift. It's like the identity of who you are. Sometimes, some people struggle to go, who am I? And I would just like to say right off the hop, as a Christian, you are a steward. You're gifted. You're given that. It's in you. But how many of you sometimes it's not clear, like even what am I, what's my gift is? What do I do? Like what, what, how many of you ever had that challenge? I don't know what I, what I'm supposed to be doing right now. Yeah? Well, in order to this, you have to look for it. Now I'm going to do this. Um, I love it because God wants to encourage us to seek and look for the gifts that he's given us. And you might not know what that gift is. So in a moment, we're going to look for that gift. You ready? Do you want to participate with me? In a moment, I'm going to get you to look for some silver forks. 
Okay? Now, this is important, is this. Uh, they are signs of God's gift. And uh, they're all given to you because uh, God has given us all gifts. Now, I would wish there were forks to go with everyone, but unfortunately, there's not enough in the church, so there's only a certain amount. That is not like God. God has gifts for everyone, but for you guys, there's only a, a, a few. I obviously don't own the cattle on a thousand hills. God does, so there we go. I can only have ten. So if you like to do this, could you reach and look underneath your seat for a fork? Just look underneath. If it's not near, look around on the bench, look at chairs beside you. Please look underneath to see if you have a fork. Oh, we got one back there. We got another one back there. There we go. Here we go. So you got, put your fork in the air. want to see who's got the forks. Here we got a fork here. There's a fork there. I'll forget, forget, forgive you if you forget. Make sure there's probably, there's got to be, okay, what, hands up, got to see one, yeah, okay. Check on, check on it, check around, it could be down on the side, you might have to go look, send a friend if you don't want it, there we go, yeah, we got a fork, there we go. Next, anyone else got a fork? One, yeah, you got a fork. That's cool, that's cool, that's cool. The reason is last night I was, we were praying, we said, Lord, put these forks in the people that are meant to have it. Last night, Aaron and I were praying. We said, we want some people you need to know that God has a gift for you. Sometimes I often, and maybe you're asking that, how do I, what am I supposed to do? What's my, what, how do I, and, and for you, we were praying. We said, Lord, put these forks in the right people's hands. Now, if for those going, oh, I didn't get a fork. No, no, you're probably already serving and you don't know. What to, you already have tons of forks. There's forks everywhere. But the Lord, I really want for those that got it, God was just wanting to highlight for you. At the end of the service, we're going to help give us a way to all discover how God has given us gifts. Aaron will explain that. That you've been made unique and you all have been given a gift. Now, what do you do with this gift? Dwayne, what do you do with that? Well, the first thing you want to do, Dwayne, is you got this gift. You know what? As a, as a steward, you want to make sure this. You want to make it ready for the master. So what you want to do is you want to polish it. You want to make sure that that thing is, is just ready. So when the master says, hey, are you ready for that? You go, yeah, it's been taken care of. Now, what do you mean by polish it? Did you know that if you have a gift, you actually need to grow in it? I learned that like crazy. When I started realizing that if I had a gift, if I don't actually exercise it, I don't get better. Now, I'll explain why. When I started to come in the South, I've been preaching for a while in, this, in, in youth ministry, but I realized preaching to adults is a little different than youth. Uh, they, they actually know, like, Burl's shaking, she's nodding, she goes, oh, amen. Well, what happened was this, is I started to say, I really need to grow in this gift. I love preaching and speaking. So I had to say, I need help. And so I actually turned to Dave, and I said, Dave, could you please help me? Now, if you like the messages that I'm speaking, you can blame it on Dave. Because honestly, I said, Dave, you have a gift for this. I really appreciate it. Could you help me? And so Dave is literally helping me and going, hey, you know, this is, you know, how could you do this? And, how do you? And, he, and, he, and I feel because he's helped me to polish that. Now, if you don't like my message, you can blame Dave. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Just saying. Just saying. That's how you polish it. But you know what? The, more, the other part with this, which is really important, you have to use it. Do you know what it means to use your gift? Well, let's see. You didn't know this whole time that I've been your, your host and your server. And for you that have a fork, we have a wonderful dish for you today. Our wonderful servant is going to come. Now, if you have to stand with your fork nice and high, because, and if, ah, uh, uh, could you get Kev and uh, some other people just to, we'll use your gift of serving. All right. Please stand with your fork so they can see where you're going and we can hand you. Yes, please feel free to eat. You can have your cake and eat it. Now, I don't know if it's not free. I don't know if it's any of that. There should be one more, one more out there. So there is missing a gift. Nope, because 
They were put in randomly and wherever, so we have no idea. You should have to look. There's somebody. Or it also, I, I would encourage this. If you're like, well, I don't know if I could eat it. There it is. There it, there it is. Oh, Doris, that is very appropriate. You deserve to eat your cake. I tell you, we love you. Well, we will have some extra gifts for people. You get, okay. I love it because this is a great symbol or a great picture with this. When you serve God, does God actually want you to delight in it? You have a gift, but that gift is meant to be used, but to be enjoyed. It's no use to have a gift and it's never enjoyed. In fact, I, what I, I think the challenge with this is many people have gifts and they wonder why they don't feel fulfillment in their life. And they wonder why that their life is not necessarily always going, like, there's something missing. Did you know we were created for work? Yeah, he created us. It's just that sin made work bad. Without sin, work is a joy. But I love it that God has created us each with our individual personalities and gifts. And there's joy when you get to do what you're created to do. Amen? Go ahead. You guys enjoy it? Oh, look, and they're even sharing. That is, the two become one. That's beautiful. That's all good. There we go. Well, the other part is this. Now, what is the other aspect of God? God's grace. As a good steward of God's various varied grace. Now, I love this because what do you mean by grace? Well, the word is charis. In the Greek word for the gift, gift is charisma. Well, the Greek word for grace is charis. It's a root word of the same word. Grace and gifting come from the same word. It means enabling and supernatural empowering. You see, in other words, God doesn't give you a gift without the grace. He provides the grace for the gift. And look at what Peter goes on to say. He's an example of speaking. Whoever speaks as the one who speaks the oracles of God. When I first read this, I thought, oh my word, this is scary stuff. Every time that, Norm, you're up here preaching, you're preaching the oracles of God. You better have God's oracles. And I I actually got really, and it puts a heavy burden, like, I can't do that. Imagine me having, I, I'm, not, I'm not God speaking, that's crazy. But actually, I started to see it that I'm not looking at it right. As I speak, God enables you to speak like the oracles of God. It's like the pressure isn't about me trying to speak. Suddenly, it's just God just says, it's not about you, Norm. I have grace as you do what you're supposed to do. How many of you sometimes think that Having a gift is a burden. See, many times I I find when I listen to people and they go, I really actually wish I didn't have this gift. Because as I give this gift, it feels like all I'm getting is more stress. And more stretching and more this and more that. But the nice thing about God's gift is it comes with a supernatural grace so that he says, I know you can't do it, but I can I am your helper. That's his grace. I'll give you an example. How many of you have a serving gift? How many of you usually, when you have a serving gift, suddenly you get another person coming and you see another need and you go, I just can't do that. I'm not another thing. I just can't. Why another thing? Do you ever get that? All the servers are going, uh-huh. And then what, what God loves to do is he goes, he challenges you. He goes, now just trust me to serve. And what usually happens for those in a serving gift, they step out in faith and guess what happens? Grace comes. Because they end up giving what they can't in their own strength and suddenly God props them up and makes it happen. That's the wonderful thing about grace. It's it's when you can't do it and God says, my, my charis will help you. My charis will help your charisma. Because they're both his. I, I totally understand that. Because sometimes I feel like when, you, when God says, with your faithful with the little, I'll give you more. And I'm going, more, Lord? I don't want more. And God's going, 
I know, but I want to give you from your little two talents to four. You've got five talents, I'll give you ten. So what's our response? How do you respond to it? Well, our response is servanthood. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. See, you can use your, work, your gifts in the workplace, in your home, in your community, but what I found interesting is Peter specifically says to serve one another, the church. Those, it's really, why would he say that? Wouldn't he just say, no, it's just about serving everybody and anything. And he goes, he for some reason is specifically targeting saying, you will know they're Christians by their love for one another. And so you want to really, really learn how to love. It's, it, okay, I get it. It's a challenge to love your family, but loving the church, sometimes you find that's even more of a challenge. Some people are like, no, I love the church. I do. I kind of love you guys. You guys are good. But I love this. I'm going to ask this question because Gateway's full of people who understand the principle. Like if you do look at Bethlehem Live, and you guys are servants. I'm preaching to the choir. You serve and you serve. And I love it because you have truly asked this question, that this gift that God has given me, how am I using it to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ? Ask that, your question. Lord, this gift that you've given me, how am I using it to serve my brothers and sisters in Christ? Because you see, there's a reality that we can bury our gifts. And church, we don't want to bury our gifts. We don't want to, we don't want to bury even our spouse's gifts. Sometimes, you know what, you're, sometimes we have our family, our kids have gifts. But we're, we're stressed out. We've got stuff happening. We're like, no, we can't do this. We can't. And sometimes I think the challenge is even this, is God says, no, will you trust me? And I've experienced that like crazy. Uh, this last year, I, I, I knew God had called me to go and do basketball again. And this year, it was like, okay, God, I can give basketball. Well, as I'm going along and going through, and at one point, I was just stressed out. Like, why am I doing this? And my wife turned to me, and she said the most profound thing. And it made me go, you're right, Lord. And it enabled grace, actually. Because I was getting all worried about all the stuff, trying to do sermons, practicing four days a week. We're out four nights a week, and why am I doing it? And I just felt stressed. And then she said to me, she asked me one question. She goes, would you do this for just one person? And I looked at her, and she goes, would you do it just for your son? That's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. That's, not, that's an illegal question, honey. And she goes, no, would you do it? And then suddenly God was going, and I was like, yeah, I, I, Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, in the same manner, God just changes our hearts to say, look, I want you to not bury it because I don't want you to... Look what you give and look what you bless. Your own son. I love it because you can see this. There's a wonderful lady who's been this whole kind of time going out and she's been drawing up here. How many of you have been... Check, have you seen this? Check this out. This is gorgeous. In fact, I'm going to do this. Can, Andrea, can we bring this over to... Can we bring it to the... Just bring your easel, and we're going to bring it right here. How many... Because it's kind of hard to, if you can't see it in the sunlight. Can you see it now? Move it back a little. We'll put it right up here. There we go, on the stage. Yeah. This whole time, Andrea has been, like me, living the word. Andrea has been uh, serving doing this wonderful art. Uh, Andrew, if you want to come up here, I want to ask you, because it's been neat to see how your journey with this. Andrea is using her gifts and her talents here. So we'll come up here. So Andrea, I'd like you to, could you, could you do it? Can you share, first of all, just your journey with art? Like how you've come along, because obviously um, you, you, didn't, you, you always liked to draw, but you actually weren't going into art or anything like that, right? No. Nope. No. You, Okay, so just in a nutshell, I was, uh, I always liked drawing horses from kindergarten on. I used to draw the Easter Bunny on the back of a horse. I mean, it was everywhere. But um, when I got to high school, um, there was no more art at school. And, um, and I kind of thought about going and pursuing art in university. My parents talked me out of it because there's no money in art. 
And so I decided not to do that. And, um, and then uh, fast forward several years, homeschooled my kids, and really no time except for in Sunday school to do art. And uh, one day, once we moved to Winnipeg in 2010, I was reading my Bible and I was reading the parable of the talents, and, uh, and I really, was really struck by the, the one talent guy. You know, he had a really tough time. You know, here he had kept this talent safe, buried it, and, you know, made sure nobody stole it. And the master comes along and rebukes him for not using the one talent. I always kind of thought of myself as a one talent kind of person because there was always lots of artists that were way better than me. And I was never, I never was under the delusion that I was anything, uh, anything great. And when you, and went, you went for training in your school and you took French, you were... You yeah, were, when I went to, to university, I decided to become uh, an elementary yeah. French and music teacher. And uh, so anyway, but then I homeschooled my kids, didn't go and uh, teach except for a couple of years in, in, um, at Springs. Anyway, so I was sitting there reading this, this uh, passage from, um, I think it's in Matthew, where Jesus talks about the parable of the talents. And I, was, I said, Lord, really, I have maybe a one-talent gift are you really going to hold me accountable for not developing it? Because I really don't have time. My life is too busy. And, uh, and so I said, okay, um, if you are really serious about this, Lord, um, and it doesn't just apply to other people, then you're going to have to somehow make this a priority in my life. And, uh, and two weeks later, because of circumstances where my husband wasn't able to find work uh, once we had moved to Winnipeg, I realized I will have to go back to teaching. And, um, and so I put my application, my resume into one place that I had heard about um, because we had done things with the school where I was teaching in Winnipeg 20 years earlier, and that was the King's School. And, uh, and then, bang, my husband got a job. And so I thought that was done. And uh, within that frame of time, uh, I said, okay, Lord, you're going to have to make it a priority. And within two weeks, Peter Todd phoned me and said, would you consider teaching high school art and English, and, uh, and I'm standing on, on the phone. That's not French, that's not music, nor not, preschool. And it's yeah. not, not yeah. elementary, yeah. Not elementary. So, um, so I was standing there with my heart pounding, and I'm going, God, this, is, is this really you? And, uh, and I had just looked at this book that I was going to give to my son to, to read because he wasn't walking with the Lord. Uh, one of our older boys, and, uh, and it was called, If You Want to Walk on Water, You Have to Get Out of the Boat, by John Ortberg. Yeah. And uh, an older book, and it was face down on my dresser, and I'm thinking about this as Peter is waiting for an answer, and I'm looking over at my dresser, and I see, If you want to walk on water, you have to get out of the boat. And so I thought, this has got to be God. And so I said yes, and... Uh, so you said yes. Now, the, the neat thing is when you talk about polishing it, uh, Andrea, you were actually learning, kind of learning art as I was like along. inches ahead of my students. Guys, this is true confession. So she's teaching oh. art, but the whole time going, I've got to learn this okay. so that I can teach. I, I knew how to do pencil, and I had done a couple of charcoal drawings, like literally a handful. And... Uh, and uh, I tried my hand at acrylics for Sunday school murals, you know, that you have to do in Sunday school. Anyway, and that was it. And I said, I can't run a 7 to 12, grade 7 to 12 art program with pencil and, uh, you know, a little bit of this and that. And, and if you if we get that, so I, I love it because she ha- has a gift. She's always said, I love to draw. But what, um, Andrea, what you don't know is it's been absolutely amazing what God's doing. And I can testify, our art program in the King School is amazing. We were just at the basketball tournament for the for the provincials, and we we're going there. Are there? We had guests from all over the over Manitoba looking, and they're going, "Look at the art in this hallway! Look at it!" And they were like, "Look at this!" And, that. and I was like, "You know who did? It? I, we have this amazing lady who's doing this." But when I found out that her story was, she first was teaching. She was meant to be a French teacher and work with pre, you know pre, preschool and English. Wow. But there's a gift. There was a gift, and I know many of us are the recipients of that gift because she's using it. 
In fact, this morning, this is a gift. This is actually, again, God challenging her to say, use this gift. I've given it, and you've got more. Like, could you explain what this is about a little bit? Just to... Yeah, and I just want to say that uh, the journey of, of saying, okay, whatever. The, here it is. It's not much, but five loaves and two fish seem to do, go a long way with Jesus. And, uh, but the journey of partnering with him and saying, you know, whatever. You, you can have it. You can use it. And just it's, it's very scary at times, but it is so amazing to see him faithfully fulfilling uh, a much bigger things than yeah. I ever thought. Yeah. So I didn't know that I was going to do prophetic art. In fact, that came one night when I was preparing the school catalog in 2010 for the following school year, and we're supposed to write what we're going to be teaching from grade 7 to 12 in art. And I'm like, God, I I don't know what I'm going to be teaching. Um, um, so I wrote down all these things. I thought like I was being a total, uh, you know, yeah, I don't know what I was. But anyway, stretched. it's stretched. stretching stretched. things. So tell us what, 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 what you got here because it looks like a, um, a soldier on a, on a horse. Or? Yeah, so anyway, that, that night when I was writing the grade 12 curriculum, the, I said that God was going to use the grade 12 class yeah. for creating art with a message. And that was the first time that I had ever thought of that. And it was a God thing. And the next morning, it was a powerful encounter with God confirming mm. that. Anyway, so this is a result of that. Okay. So what, what I feel that God has called me to is to see prophetically and then paint what I see so that other people can see it. Because you can say something and describe it, but it's not the same. You know, a picture is worth it's like a thousand. We, we can hear, but we've got to get to see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't so know this that, was at a conference last fall at Azusa, Winnipeg, and uh, people were praying together and were calling on God for yeah. revival, and they blew the shofar. And it was like an intense time of prayer. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I saw in my spirit this huge angel riding in mm. uh, from above us and with his sword drawn. And there's uh, an army of um, mounted angels behind him. I haven't drawn those in yet. But um, basically, we were completely oblivious to what was yeah. happening. And, uh, and it was a kind of what I felt God was saying is, that the angel is at your disposal. Like this army, this heavenly army is at your disposal. When the church prays together in unity, there's going to be revival in Winnipeg. So, so you can see where God goes, I'm going to use your gift in so many unique and different ways. This isn't just a beautiful painting. It, look, I want to show you what I'm doing in the spirit. I want to show you that right now that as you get together as a church and pray, that it's an image so that it's like when you pray, it's actually releasing angels, mounted angels that are doing, and it's like, really, God? Well, every time I see that, I'm going, whoa. Andrea's got pictures in the back. You can see this is the one that she did up for us. Again, a reminder of when we give all of me, God says, I hold you in my hands. Thank you so much, Andrea. And you know what? I think some of these paintings and stuff that Andrea, they're going to actually auction them off downstairs uh, when they do the fundraiser, but... I'm going to close in this and pass it really quick to Aaron. And we want to do one last thing because, because there are gifts. There's gifts in you. And I'm just going to quickly pray. Father, thank you for this. I thank you that's a beautiful picture. And Jesus, we want to thank you that uh, this, this morning you want to stir us up because there are gifts in this place. Thank you, that Lord, that this morning that you're wanting to release the body. Thank you that, Father, we have people that are already using their gifts. I want to pray you'd encourage them. Let them delight in it, Lord. Like just that they were eating that cake this morning. There would just be a, a joy in, Lord, that, in that what they've been doing is unto you and for you. We just thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we're about to get practical. Kevin has a, a few handouts along with... <clears throat> with John there. Last week we handed out a, a two-sided handout. Some, many of you will have, have gotten it, but if you didn't get one of these last week, maybe just raise your hand if you weren't, if you weren't around last week so that they can make sure that you get one. Uh, but uh, it, it has two sides to it. One's an opportunity for you to... Oh, beautiful. Last week, inside of this, uh, there was an opportunity for you to actually respond uh, by just simply, well, it's, it's all there. Uh, you'll be able to read. I won't go into, into all of it right now. Uh, but this other side is if you know that 
uh, you're meant to be serving and that you can serve one another here in the body of Christ. Uh, I want to thank those who actually filled this out last week, this side, and tore it off and put it in the offering box last week or when it was gathered up. It's simply to say, to say you know what, I know I have gifts I'm willing to be able to use them, and if I can do that on a Sunday morning here or, or help serve the church in some way, I want to be able to do that. Uh, and if you weren't able to, to sign up on that uh, last week, but you want to this week, I'll invite you to fill that information in, and someone will get back to you over this next month uh, to fill you in on some of the opportunities that are here to be able to, uh, to help out here at South Osborne. There's always, always needs, there's always stuff uh, to do and be a part of, uh, and there's always ways that we can bless one another and grow together. Uh, If you need a pen, I know that they're coming around with some of those things too. But on the my response side, this is where we wanted to get practical. Uh, Some of you, uh, you've done spiritual gifts assessments before. Uh, you've, uh, some of you may have done a bunch of them, and you've gone, oh, yeah, I've done that. I know my gifts, and I'm, I'm, I'm already serving where I'm meant to be serving. You know what? Fantastic. Uh, but what we wanted to do uh, was, during our stewardship series, was actually at the front end of it, give you an opportunity to actually take a spiritual gifts assessment online. Uh, it's not a paper, uh, a paper thing that you have to fill out, a bunch of little, little bubble sheets that you've got to put circles in and things like that and figure out and tally everything all the way at the end for yourself. This is just you simply answering a bunch of questions, and they actually give you instant feedback right at the end of it. Um, if you are on the church's email list, uh, you're actually going to receive an email tomorrow in, in, your, in your inbox that will give you the link. Uh, it's also right here on the My Response side. There's a, a link there that you can go to uh, that will give you access. You can set up an account. You can take the gifts test and go along with that. This is for everybody at Gateway. Folks at Panet Road in their What on Earth Am I Here For series that they're in right now, they're doing this as well. And we wanted to do it here. It's for teenagers, so our youth all the way up to however old you may be. Um, and I wanted to give you a couple of, of thoughts uh, as you take advantage of this, as you, as you move into this. It's important because there's a number of questions. There's four different segments to this particular gifts test. Uh, you can come back to them if you don't have enough time to sit down and do it all at once. Uh, you can always come back. Uh, but there's your personality, your grace gifts, uh, and your, your leadership gifting, as well as you can actually, there's an, a section where you can fill in the kind of gifts and talents that you already know that you have uh, in, in a list there. But here's what's important. When you take one of these tests, don't overthink your response. Just go with your gut. Some of the questions feel like they're tougher than others to answer, but often the most accurate response will be your gut response. What am I most like? And be honest with it. Because if you're not honest with it, you're going to... I am not an artist, but if I answer the questions the way I, maybe I want to be an artist, well, then maybe I'll pop out as an artist at the other end. I know, well, that's actually not me. I, just, I need to be honest about who, who I am. Um... One of the temptations is to answer questions based on what you think the right answer is. Especially if you've taken these kinds of tests before. You can maybe see how they're asking the questions and you know what some of the gifts are. So you go, well, I, uh, I kind of I know where that's going. This has always been my strength. No, just answer them honestly and quickly. There's no right or wrong answers, right? This is just about shining a light on who you are and how God's created you and the gifts that he's given to you. Um, some of the questions, it might actually be helpful to invite your spouse to help you out with the answer. Because sometimes our spouses actually know us better in certain areas than we do. But don't, don't do the test with your spouse. Because y- you might become an artist and you're not an artist. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but your gut answer is probably the most accurate. Uh, and the exciting parts, when you get your results... Which, like I said, happened, it happened as, as soon as you're done. You get immediate feedback, and you might be surprised at what you find out, especially if you've never done one of these before. But we encourage that you would actually share those results with others. Don't just keep it to yourself. Maybe uh, share it with, maybe have a time in a cell, the cell group that you're involved in uh, to be able to say, oh, how did, you know, where did you pop out on this, and, and how, are, how, how do you find that you're gifted? But there's also a word of caution or a bit of a warning with that. Don't let the results of a man-made gift test 
define who you are. Jesus Christ and what he says about you is what defines you. Sometimes people get the results back and they go, well, that's not me. Well, you know what? That, that's, that's fine. Maybe it is you and you just haven't realized that yet. But maybe there's something within that that, well, you know what? It's just a, a, a skewed result in, in, in the data. And you're going to go, well, I'm not going to stress and worry about this. I'm just going to, Jesus, what do you have to say about this? What do you want in, to encourage in me? You know, like, like Andrea, what is the gift maybe that I've buried or that, that I, I haven't seen before that you might want to shine some light on that I would grow in? They're merely a tool to better understand who God made you to be and where you are in the body of Christ with this specific gift test, how you fit best. What's your sweet spot? Um, that sweet spot for ministry is something that I, as a pastor, love to be able to help people do. I, it's one thing to just go, well, here's all the needs we have as a church, and then just go, da 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 and fill people in. That's not very fulfilling for people, is it? You, one, you feel a bit used, like I'm just some sort of, you know, I'm just a plain old fork <laughs> that just gets kind of plugged in where I, I, I need to be used. But what if the needs could actually align with how you're gifted? There are some people that it scares them to death. Walter, I know it scares you to death to work with young kids in elementary school. He he said this publicly, so I'm not saying anything he hasn't said already. He's like, don't put me up there. Please, please don't put me up there. (laughs) But you might might totally love that and be engaged by that. Um, because we're all created as different living stones, as precious jewels that are fit together to glorify God in the body of Christ. And finally, here's the, here's the catch. You were wondering, what's the catch? We need to pay for the test. Uh, the cost is simply five bucks, and it just helps us to cover what it actually cost us to actually buy it. Uh, and you can just put that five bucks in an offering envelope and just write gift test, put your name and gifts test on it, put it in the offering box uh, at some point over the next month. If that's, if that's uh, too big a hurdle for you, well, please come talk to us. We don't want you not taking the test because you can't afford it for some reason. Uh, so please, we can just make special arrangements for that. Does that, does that make sense? Like, I, I actually haven't found an easier way to do this. In, in all the years that I have, uh, have been in church, in leadership, and seen a different gifts, tests, and assessments come and go, this is by far one of the easiest and most comprehensive ones that I've seen all in one place at one time. Uh, and all you have to do is click on the link, start your account, and, and take the test. Uh, something that's actually cool about it is when you do get your uh, kind of the top results of where you find yourself, they give you a printout of a number of ways that this gift can be defined. So, for example, if you are an administrative type, well, some people ha- think, well, an administrator is like a guy like Kevin, for example, who uh, in, practically in his day-to-day, he's working on the church's books, he's working on policy and legal things and, and, and sorting and slotting, those kinds of things, but that might totally not be you. But there's a different side to administration as well. Administration is a gift that, that brings peace into systems and processes. And maybe he has a different angle. And the gifts results that gets, get given to you at the end of it kind of go through some of those different options and ways that those gifts can be expressed. I found it helpful for myself. I found a different things about myself that I was like, really? Oh, that makes so much sense. Wilma said, yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> So I encourage you, uh, this week and next, uh, take advantage, click on the link, and take that test as a practical way of going, God, you've given us gifts. How do we polish it? How do we see it? And how do we use it for the, in the body of Christ for God and for his glory and for the building up of his saints and the people around us? Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team forward. You know what? We're already late. We're already late. We're into, in, into uh, our lunchtime already. For the, I'd want to take time away from their fundraiser as well. So why don't we just stand together? I want to pray for us.
Father, thank you that your word says that you give good gifts to your children. How much more, uh, even though we give <laughs> horrible things sometimes, humanly speaking, how much more you say you'll give good gifts to us, you'll give us the Holy Spirit, the one who strengthens us and actually helps us walk out our giftings day by day. Uh, oh Lord, I pray for each one here, uh, whether they've found their place or whether they're in the process of finding that place in the body of Christ, uh, that you would work miracles in the coming months uh, to see the stones fit into place, precious stones fit into place in the body of Christ where they can function and they can shine for Jesus. Uh, Lord, I thank you for this day, for this service that we've enjoyed together in your presence. Thank you for the, uh, all the different aspects and the wide variety of ways that we've experienced you this morning. Lord, we ask that as we leave this place, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that you would grace us with what we need as we walk out those two doors today. Lord, we thank you for the meal that some of the people here will be receiving. Would you uh, encourage our King School students as they head out on mission with you? And uh, we receive, uh, Lord, your blessing on us today uh, as we know that we are sons and daughters of the living God. We bless the name of Jesus. Amen.